0: <laughs> you guys like radio? Uh, I do. Oh, you guys like podcasts? I do. I like a lot. This is a gruesome hurtsog. <laughs> Hi, this is Cheetah Mac, and you are listening to the fabulous, gruesome Song. Nobody better. This is Steve Warren. I played Ivan and Scarce. You dumbasses better be listening to gruesome herzog so you'll know what you're up against.
1: Hello hello. This is Professor Hunter from Pan Man. I am delighted to recommend Gruesome Hertzog's podcast to the outside world.
0: His infamous interviews are some of the best in the business. He's deliciously diabolical. <laughs> Hey, this is Sean Kane, director of Silent Night Zombie Night, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hello, this is Natalie Sheets. I play Jenna in the film Madison County, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hey, horror fans, this is Ace Marrero, and you are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Dig it. I'm Justice Funneborn, and I'm listening to Gruesome Herzog. This is Yvette Corvea, and most of you know me as Marla from Run Bitch Run. He's a really evil, crazy bitch. And you guys are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hi, hey, this is David Z. Stamp, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hey, this is Bill Oberst, Jr. I play Dale in the film Dismal And as Dale would say, let me tell you something. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. You got Dale's word on that. Hey, this is James Cotton. I'm a director, writer, producer. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Jack Harrison, action actor and stunt coordinator of all 3 stunt I played the character Idiot in the movie Dismal, and you'll listen the gruesome hurt song.
1: This is Gruesome Herzog, my very special guest today. The mastermind behind Livestock is director, writer, producer, Christopher De Nunzio. What's up, Chris?
0: Hey, how you doing?
1: Great. Thanks for coming on.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: And I want to give you a special thanks again for sending me a copy of Livestock to view for my podcast.
0: No problem, no problem.
1: And uh, it seems to be gaining a lot of interest with a lot of listeners. Like I told you, it's... Um, one of my highest-viewed reviews since October, so that's, a, that's good news, I guess, right?
0: Yeah, no, it's really exciting to me. I'm, I'm glad people are checking it out, you know. so yes. you know, it's why you make the thing. You don't want to keep it in the closet. You want everyone to see it. That's
1: yes, right. And um, briefly talk about it. Well, not briefly, but... I've gotten in contact with Robert Hines. He was your boss. Well, the boss in the <laughs> movie, excuse me. Not <laughs> you. <laughs> not you. And, uh he's a He's a very um, unique individual. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to hearing his his um, you know hit what he has to say about this movie, but for the listeners who haven't seen it and for the ones that listen to the review, could you possibly give the listeners an idea about you know what the movie's about and you know you know what your experience was and you know any funky mishaps like funny stuff happen?
0: Well, there's always like, funny stuff that happens. Some of them it's hard to remember. It's all, a little, you know, when you're working, like, yeah. 12, 14 hours on a film a day, you're doing a lot of little silly things. But um, just, I guess, to tell people about the film, it's um, you know, it's a feature-length film. It's about a mysterious cult, and they decide to give uh, one of their members a promotion. And um, at the same time, there's these two girls who are trying to move up in their life. Mm-hmm. And then their worlds kind of cross paths. They collide, and things unfold. So it's kind of like a, you know, the whole idea behind it was really, I mean, actually at first, the film idea came to me by uh, actually trying to do uh, like an online dating type of thing, like uh kind of like one of those little kidnap films. And right. use it. it just wasn't, it wasn't working. It was like just a cliche written script and I was like, oh.
1: Yeah.
0: And I remember talking to my brother and decided to go with the edges. I don't want to give too much away in the film, but a certain area, and it brings in. I, I love all cult movies and all that, so it, it came in to just bring in those two things and end up switching in two genres. And you know, the main idea was really to show off talent that we have, right? Um, and also just just to um, make something that's different, you know. Um, it's hard to, to try to say, you know, with all the media out there and stuff to make something different, but something that was different in my, in my eyes. Uh, right. I always say, for me, I always, I always call myself a selfish filmmaker, and then what I mean by that is, like, um, if you know, I have to make a film that I want to do, that I'm happy right. with, and you just kinda, cause otherwise there's no point at doing it, you know. <laughs> and it should be fun, you know, you make, you play make believe. Exactly, right. And um so then once you, once you get that kind of idea, we kinda just, you know, went on with it, and, and you know, this is something I want to see—something that I felt like I haven't seen. Hopefully, it came off that way. Um, but you know, that's pretty much the um, the idea and motive really behind it. And um, it didn't—you know—I'm really at the end result. I'm very happy the way it came out. You know, we're getting a lot of reviews on it. A lot of people are at least taking it serious, and that's—that's—that's that's, that's what we want. Yeah. Um,
1: well, one thing about the movie that I found interesting that I've grown to like recently is. The um, the the believable filmmaking. Now, if you if you get what I mean, when a movie first starts off, um, they're in the car, right? And I I like the idea of the camera work where you can actually hear um, everything that's going around at that moment. If you get what I mean, it's not a studio shot; it's an actual live shot, and I thought that was pretty cool. That added to the movie as well. If you understand what I mean
0: by that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love, I love like well, in that sense in particular. Um, I mean, it was a windy day, so we pick, we picked up the wind. We try to add, incorporate the wind in there, which is very tough to record audio-wise. Right. But um, and then just hearing the sounds of the car and all that it also adds to the tension in the scene because when it's you know when it starts off, um, Victor doesn't really know if what, what Edgar really wants from him. Right. Them, so he's just kind of they're into a lot of shady stuff. So yeah. <laughs> you, when you get little secret meetings, it's not always. Uh, not always the, uh, you know, you don't get a safe feeling all the time. Yeah. And
1: when Edgar made his made his um, entrance into the car, he reminded me of a gigantic version of Michael Berryman. Now, I don't mean that looks-wise. I meant the, the style of character actor that he is. He has that evil sense about him, if you know what I mean, like Michael Berryman. No matter what role he does, when people see Michael Berryman, the first thing they think of is... You know, the good old, um, cannibals. Oh,
0: um, yeah, it was The Hills Have Eyes.
1: What's that? Yeah, The Hills Have Eyes. Yep, the Hills Have yep. Eyes. You know, and I I like the I dig actors like like Michael Berryman and Robert Hines because they have a unique presence about themselves where they can basically do anything. I mean, believe it or not, I think Robert Hines can play a good, nasty principal. You know, and, you know, oh, you he, know, stuff like that. He can you know, it's amazing.
0: He's, yeah, he's really, I mean, I love Robert. Robert's really, uh, fun, really fun to work with and he's just, he is really talented and one thing I love about Robert is he's, he's ideal what a professional is. You know, he's on time, he's got his lines down, he's also great at, uh, breaking down the script, not only knowing what his character's doing, what other characters are supposed to be doing. And, uh, and he's a lot of fun. He's a funny guy. Yeah. Um, but like you said, he,
1: he's a, he can play, he can be very intimidating on screen Yes, he can. I mean, and, uh, it's just his size alone. I mean, he's big. He's tall. Now, one other, yeah. another scene that I liked also, which, you know, I like to talk about it, but I'm not going to give too much away, is the garage scene with the guy that, that's running for, um, what was it, uh,
0: president or co- oh, Senator. Yeah, he, Senator. Was, he was but, planning on the Senator run. Yeah, yeah. That was, that's another good scene
1: someone just walked in, you probably heard a door opening up, <laughs> I had to edit that out, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, it's just, uh, you, it, how to explain this, um, because some of the scenes, um, I, it's hard to explain, it's, it's, it's creepy, it's creepy, like I said to you, it starts off, with the, um, not slowness, it, it it's like a build up, you know, and then, it gets to the, um, the kidnapping scene, which I thought was neat, though, because the one kid, well, I shouldn't say kid, he, I guess he's a young, he, oh, he um, young man. yeah, the one that, uh, the one girl that almost escaped. I mean, it, it, it has, um, real life issues in here, if you know what I mean, it's like, it's like a, but
0: it's also trying to show a flaw, right. you know,
1: they,
0: they, they are, because what they are, you kind of, you know, sometimes you, you fall. Some films fall on a problem where everything's so flawless, and then the and then when there's a, a chance of escape or some type of tension, it's kind of unrealistic. Right. I mean, that's the one one thing with filmmaking is you you could do whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, you set your rules. It's just don't break your own rules, and you gotta you gotta set a certain type of rules. And one was to show they, they you know they they have flaws. They have they're they're human. I mean, that's one thing with Victor's character. Victor's character is actually. The only one who really sees the arc in the film, because the film's really about him. Uh, We cross things in, and we try to. One of the things crossing things in is, for one, I I was trying to be a little bit more avant-garde with the script than I actually was. I do. I don't think I really totally hit on that, but I, um, you know, being very experimental with it. But I, but I'm very happy with as well. But he, um, Victor's character is the one that really sees that arc, and he's the one who goes through everyone and. And uh, he, he was just seeing him deal with deal with him being stressful, right. him dealing with the stress, right. you know, middle management being a bitch. <laughs>
1: right. Well, see, a, a lot of these companies put out trailers, which it's a good idea, obviously. But but <laughs> yeah. but with me, I refuse to watch a trailer to this movie because I, you know, sometimes you get too much information before you watch the film. So I wanted to be surprised. So I really didn't know anything about this movie. And when it got towards the end of the movie, it totally shocked me exactly what this what this family uh group was about. And I was um pleasantly happy about it because simple fact is it caught me off guard exactly what this this whole thing is about and the end scene at the table with the one girl. Now what I thought was ironic too how you did this is the girl's best friend was dating Victor. And she didn't know that her best friend was...
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean.
1: So that was clever.
0: Yeah, and you know, a lot of that has to do, too, with, um, you know, just, just the dialogue in general. Like, a lot of times, some people are like, whoa, that was out of left field, and mm-hmm. really, it's not. I mean, we kind of really planted dialogue in to really suggest certain things that were before they happened, and and doing things like that, we were careful about trying to place that type of stuff in so really there is a connection there's, the film keeps on hitting a circle a cycle and, and, and connecting itself right. uh, to the end it does change but then there's that still that, that cycle and that you know even bookended from the opening shot to the painting to what they talk about what they are at the end has has meaning. Right, when uh, kind of the film bookends like that
1: and you, you also threw in a scene in the movie too I thought was neat is wrong place at the wrong time meaning the girl's new boyfriend the two that were kidnapped Oh yeah, you know, and that that was like a wrong place at the wrong time. You know, if he wouldn't be dating her, he'd be still alive. I don't want to give too much away, but you had a bunch of different. Oh yeah, yeah, a bunch. Oh, yeah. go go ahead.
0: Ahead. sorry. Oh, just going to comment on the fact that yeah, they um, that is one of you know one of the things was I think in reality in real life in general, uh, sometimes things happen accidents or whatnot, and there really is no reason why. Right. And sometimes you are just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yep.
1: You're supposed to take <laughs> prostitutes and bums, not regular people.
0: <laughs> which is true, and which is funny because in the beginning, uh, with the guy Ted, and I'm dealing with him being a, uh, a senator and all that. But he, but he's not. You know, if you listen to the dialogue, it's it's a it's a planned action. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of him jumping the gun. So they're kind of cutting him down before they can actually, before something can actually develop. But other than that, it is about them um, keeping a low profile to be, you know, to, you know, keep their needs.
1: Right. And, and it's, and it was filmed in Massachusetts. And then that, that, that added a little, um, little extra gold to the movie. Um, you know, as far as really out in the public, this could very well be one of those silent cult films, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, you know, and you know, hopefully that is the case. I mean, working, you know, really hard to get it seen. You know, it's not, you know, people can't, don't know, you know, they don't know about it because it's not really seen. It's hard to promote when you're, when you're such a, such a low budget. I mean, you know, you don't need that millions of dollars that Hollywood has, but you do need to get to a certain point. And (laughs) unfortunately, that's, you know, you gotta, you spend it more on the film because you want to make the film. Right, right. (laughs) But you know, but it, but it's great because you know there is people like you and, and James and Paul who have been great and supportive of the film, um, and you know that's very needed for an independent filmmakers to spread the word and just hoping, hoping people are really checking it out, checking it in. Yep.
1: Well, there's there's a downside to Hollywood too, because there's a lot of bombs that they spend a lot of they oh, spend yeah. a lot of money on. They advertise like crazy. Now that movie's out there and it's probably in everybody's trash can or sitting in the corner somewhere expecting dust. So there's a good side And there's a bad side to that So You know What'd
0: you want Well actually you kind of Mentioned the part That actually is a bad side I mean saying how uh, You don't like watching Seeing the trailers To ruin everything I'm actually the same way With you I'll see a trailer or read about it And I go That's it I want to see it And then I got friends and stuff Like oh She's a new trailer i like No no I already want right. to see it But what Hollywood Will do sometimes Is a trailer Will be nothing Nothing like the film um, Great examples actually Have you seen Bug?
1: No but I want to
0: Oh, good, good, good film, and the the trailer makes it look look like this kind of. I don't want to give too much away, also, but it's kind of monster type of film or something that quick cutting type of MTV style horror film. Then you watch it; it's I, I find it more to be a drama, and it's just very dark. And it's, I, I actually thought it was a great film, um, but the trailer completely sold you on it. But <laughs> <laughs> so that's an example of what they can do. Right. I mean, they're trying to get. I mean, you got to understand that you know there is. It's an art. It's a business. You gotta have to. You have to meet halfway. But sometimes they take over and they they mis they mislead you. And a lot of people will turn around and you know they won't they see something they don't see it and they're not happy about yeah. that.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm a I'm a weirdo when it comes to that uh, trailer stuff because I have a blog that I do post trailers. But ironically enough, I never watch single one of them because I don't want it to ru- <laughs> I don't want it to ruin you know. I'll, when I watch a movie, I, I want it to be a surprise to me. I mean, I, I might read a little bit of the uh, of the about the movie, but I go to a point and I stop. You know, because I like the the, the uh, surprise when I'm watching it. I don't, I don't want to know that Denise is going to be stabbed in the throat in a tree. I don't want to know that yet. I mean, I want to start from start to finish and no no you know no giveaways no you know whatever. But,
0: but, but. Yeah, I, would, it's, it's, I recommend that for most people. Uh, even if you're watching the trailers, you know, if you want to be one of those people that you, know, you like, you know, but anyway, one thing I always recommend is when you watch a film, any film, just forget about it and just let it wash you over. Right. And if you get taken out of it enough, then maybe you didn't like it. If if not, you, you have a better chance of you liking more things. Right. You know, to just let it wash over.
1: But one thing I will reviewers, I guess, common sense review. Give their own judgment, you know, and uh it's good advertisement. It's free advertisement as a matter of fact. But uh (laughs) But anyways, uh But you know Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean hopefully people do do pick it up and see it, you know. Uh, a lot of independent films, they they need the help of the fans. You know, they need they need the people to see it. They they're the ones that are gonna keep the interesting things coming out. Right. Um, just like talking about, just talking about bad films, you know, it's like you gotta support these types of things. I hope people see it. You know, what I like I was saying in the beginning, what I was trying to accomplish is make something different, make something offbeat. Right. Uh, you know, you can't be completely original. can to be original to a certain extent, right. but um, you know, well, I think I accomplished what I wanted, and that's to make a film that, that plays a little bit different and is, is a different, interesting perspective. And, Hopefully people dig it. If they
1: don't, that's fine. Yeah, well, see, I have a philosophy on that, too. People who um, criticize livestock or criticize low-budget movies really don't understand anything about the movie business. And I'm not saying that everybody has to know something about it, but but the ones that do criticize it, fine and dandy. It does I mean, go for it, you know. But you have to be able to dissect the real watchers, horror watchers, or movie watchers, and to the you know fly-by-night watchers. I mean, somebody who watches your movie is not going to like it. For the simple fact is, they probably only watched like fifteen movies in the last ten years that actually don't understand. You know, basically, what I'm trying to say is, a lot of, a lot of people who watch movies are stuck on the big movies. You know, where you have the you know the big productions, you have you know the quiet rooms. You don't have that like the the outside shots. So if they don't understand the outside shots. They all understand the movie, period. So that's one thing you got to separate the the watchers too, as well. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah, there's absolutely there's a there's a thing that that drives me nuts with with people. You know, if you like a certain type of genre, that's all you want. I, you know, I have no problem right. with that. Uh, but sometimes you get these kids, and they they pretty much think cinema started back in '95, and they don't they don't really understand certain things. I mean, one of the influences from my I think i was telling you, was old Hammer horror films, where yeah. it's kind of the dialogue build up men in room talking then all of a sudden everything kind of comes at you at the end right. I'm also very big into old Italian films like you know just Cellini Antioni, and a lot of those films are very long shots long shots holding really holding things and, and really getting the most out of it like sometimes you think to, you're like wait you should cut that and then there's this last moment at the end Be you're like you know what? it works yeah. or, or whatnot. but a lot of people I mean, especially since those films are in black and white that's a whole other story about people in black and white but yeah, but um, you know it's, it's a shame with some people. There's, there's a lot of, especially for one of these big people, especially a blogger or anything. It's like you gotta you gotta watch all this stuff. You, gotta, you know there's some there's some great films that are being forgotten. Yep. I mean, you might have caught the remake of it, right? But the original's probably better.
1: And what what us I find funny about people today is everybody seems to want to bash on the '80s horror movies. I don't get that. I mean, I grew up in that era, so I love them all. You know, I just don't understand. Yeah, well, a lot of that is the the, the younger generation, of course, you know. L- like you said, a lot of these... Like, my kids are... My oldest kid is 23, and my youngest is 2019. So all they watch is movies like in the late 90s. So when they're watching an 80s movie, they're, like, l- l- looking at me like I have three freaking heads. <laughs> I don't... I mean...
0: <laughs> What's up with that hairdo? <laughs> well, that's the thing. I
1: mean, you, livestock could easily... If if you could change back time, livestock could easily fit in the late seventies, in the early eighties. Well, thank you. <laughs> you know, it could. That's one of my favorite it years. <laughs> it, it could very well because it has that, like you said, it has that seventies uh, feel of it. I mean, the, the dialogue, the it wasn't overdone. It was done right smack in the middle, you know. And you know, it you left it, you left it go for a possible sequel. Maybe it never will happen, but you left it open for one, like a lot of movies did in the '70s that, that they, n- they never made a, a re- you know a part two because it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Right? It, it leaves that.
1: the listeners, the watchers, open for you know their own ending. That's part
0: I like about it. And you, 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 you nailed it right on the head right there because it's one of the things with that ending is. Again, we can't talk about it too much for so those people haven't right. seen it. But I, I, um, I really like that type of ending where where you get to use your imagination. I like I want the I want the viewer to be engaged in some of the stuff. I mean, some type of those types of endings I I really I really enjoy because then well, every time at least personally when I watch them, it's the film's over. Whoa! And then it's like then now my mind's jumping two three steps ahead of what could have happened next or what or what was the out, or what was this outcome or that. And I really enjoy those films. It's almost like you, you end up, without knowingly knowing, you participated right. in it. Right. And it's, uh, I think, I think
1: that's great. Well, uh, you know, I, you also could easily make a short film. I mean, as far as adding a little more to it, I mean, that's always an option too. Oh yeah. You know, that might really, that 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 might be a good idea down the road <laughs> if livestock does get a following, and you start getting people saying, "Hey, uh, good ending, but." What else happened? I mean, that might be some
0: yeah. good
1: intuition of making a 26-minute short film, you know, for the rest of it, too. I mean, that's always an option. It, it doesn't even have to be a, full, a
0: full-fledged full film for part two, either. Absolutely not. And one thing I would love to see in, in film in general is, is, uh, is for short films to get a little bit more attention. Yeah. There's some great, great short films out there, oh, yeah. and, you know, I find it funny because she... You know, some people. It seems like attention spans are shrinking, and and they're still making like three hour films. And it's like, well, it's a short film. You know, you get like a thirty minute film in there, a few ten minute films in there, really well done, interesting stories. It's like, I, I think that's great. I, I would love, I would love to see that kind of. I mean, and there is an extent the internet is really helping out with that, and and uh, you know, all these video on demand type of stuff, uh, downloading. I just hope to see that pick up And keep keep going that
1: way Because there's some amazing oh, there is. Uh, Short film out there There is I got my first short film About a good eight Well, good Six months ago And uh, First short film I ever watched And it got me hooked So now I'm in Vimeo um, I have an account with them And uh, I have a lot of friends And what I like about it is Some of these producers And directors guys Send me these private links To their movies So I can review them And I've seen a lot of good ones a lot of good ones, you know. It's, it's it's they're out there. You have to know people, and you have to. That's the kind I like.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like that. I also like the ones where you see it's almost a, a scene from a film, and then you're watching it, and, and the, the, the sequence plays out. You know? Yeah, so like that's yeah. part. Part of a bigger film. It's not. It's not like a trailer. It's like it's definitely a functional film, but it's. Uh, I guess it goes back to that using your own imagination type of thing with with, with the film I'm participating in it. Uh, you can start thinking of the setup, or I'll let they set it up for you. Or, and I, I, I like those things. Yeah, agrupina. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, well, <laughs> it was done at the livestock, which is kind of funny. Um, it, it, it's um, the is a, a festival that takes place here in uh, Boston, Boston North End, and uh, that's a very big Italian district in Boston. Um, it's kind of like New York's so Little Italy, uh, for some people. Think. And it's, um, this thing has been going on, the festival has been going on for a little bit over 96 years now. It's closing in 100 years, which is a pretty long time, you know, our not that old. Right. Um, and the, the reason I got into this was, uh, my, fa- my family has a lot of ties with it. I'm going way back to my grandfather and my uncle. And I really, you know, I'm not just, I don't just like horror, you know, I, I, love, I love cinema altogether. And uh, I thought it would be a great opportunity to try Documentary. Not only can I can I test to see what I can do and what is in the workflow, I can uh, help promote something that meant a lot to my family. And and North Texas is an area that means a lot to me too, because my whole family grew up there. And so like kind of one of those let's, let's give it back type of things. At the same time, I can uh, try something out. And um, so it's about it's a three day event, and they, they, it's all there for the Saint Sanger Pena, who who we we'll back when was. Uh, the, uh, the prince, the prince of the king of Rome at the time, Valerian, basically wanted her to to be his wife, and she refused. She was devoted to God, so he pretty much had her beheaded and scourged, and uh, three women ended up carrying her body down to Sicily. And supposedly, the scent of the body, there was miracles that happened, and ever since then, uh, the one it's been in the of Sicily, is where she is. And actually, the one in the Sicily has been going on for over 700 years. Her festival. Um, yeah, so it's got a lot of connection, and uh, the way I filmed it too is um, not to show any insult to the subject. I'm not, I'm not too much of a religious person myself, right. but I didn't try to hit the religious tone in it because I think it's about a saint. There's no need to push that. Um, basically, what we try to do is it's such a family atmosphere, and it's such and there's so much devotion. I love I love to see people devote to something. I love seeing people who. Over ambitious. Who, who, you know, I love Ed Wood because when you read about Ed Wood, he made these bad films, but he just he tried so hard and he always got back up on the horse. And when you watch the film, you you feel the passion. And so I'm, it's a very big thing. I love I love to see that. And um, so we did it. We filmed it in a whole weekend. Um, and you know I'm really happy with it. We've we've also we've got actually so far that's the film I've got the best reviews on so far. Everyone is giving some good response to it right now. Um, so, I might not be too much into the, the gruesome Herzog fan base, but if you're interested in documentaries, you know, it, it sheds a, a lot of history. It's Boston history. Hey. Um, so, if you're into history or anything like that, it's, uh, it's worth checking Long out. Long game,
1: because the simple fact is, I used to drive truck into Philadelphia, and what I find interesting about Philadelphia is I love going into the Italian section of the city. You know, you you see the old buildings, you're sitting there thinking, oh my god. This used to be a, a you know, a, a corner store sub, you know, sub shops, and just the the history alone. I mean, I would sit there, you know, for lunch, and people come up to me. the Old people come up to me from the lived in Philadelphia Our lives, and the stuff they used to tell me. Oh yeah, that used to be right there, and I used to find history interesting as all get out. I mean, it's 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 neat to see how it used to be and how it is today, and you're sitting there like. Man, I wonder what it would have been like If I was back then Just to check that out It just fascinates me Some of the history In some of these cities And and businesses You know,
0: the events themselves Like, uh, speaking about Agrippina again They're really interesting I mean, also, what they do They they also carry the statue of her They don't have the real weight on it But it has been estimated To be around 2,000 pounds or A little bit under that There's a lot of guys carrying Mm -hmm. it Um, And they they marched around the whole town and it's just it's just insane the like the dedication they have and the ability for them to do that. And there's also uh, I don't want to give up the climactic thing, but there's a they have a tug of war with with the statue at the end. And it's um it's kind of when you see it, I I a lot of people like seeing it when they see it on the on the shelf, but I feel like it doesn't give it any justice when you see it there. It's it feels very intense, and uh, I mean just seeing them carry the stain around it, stain around it, there's something like just powerful about oh, wow. that. Um, just seeing. And then you get the colors It's beautiful And the North End In Boston Is a a great section I mean it's the most European looking um, City in Boston I mean Boston kind of Has that uh, London Type of feel If you've ever been here But but the North End Has A few years ago I went over to Italy And I went to Naples Or Napoli If you want to say it And basically Naples looks like a giant older version of the North End and it's kind of it all these little side streets oh, wow. the way the buildings are shaped and stuff it's pretty cool it's pretty cool, it's pretty cool for me to see that as well Because like, instantly oh this looks this is amazing yeah. I love documentaries oh. so yeah I'm really big in documentaries I love you know I love the format you know hopefully with my film career as it keeps going it's I would love to I always tell people I, I love uh, Warner Horzog because uh I mean, it's a little crazy, but I love, <laughs> I love the fact that he just a feature film, a documentary, feature film, documentary, and he's, he's just really talented at both. Right. He's a great film director, he's a great filmmaker, and, and I don't want to do the same type of things he's doing, but I would, but that same style, this is just incorporating a documentary and a, and a narrative film in, in my, in, in my resume, if you will, would, would be something, would definitely a goal of mine.
1: Yeah, I definitely, I definitely want to check that out. That sounds very interesting to me, a documentary. Now you also have a new short film that you're about ready. Well, you're actually doing a casting call for. What exactly? I mean, can you tell us a little bit of, of, of what it's about and what you're planning on? Oh,
0: absolutely. So it's um, <coughs> it's about um, Edgar and Poe is actually a telltale part. And I know a lot of people out there, especially in the horror genre. There's a lot of Poe short films inspired. Uh, but as a filmmaker, you can't think of that. You gotta do what you wanna do. Um, and one of the reasons why I'm doing this project is because when I was in high school, you know, I was reading comic books and and all that, and I had a, a teacher that actually introduced me to the Telltale Harp. Okay. And I read it and absolutely loved it, and that got me into reading more Poe, got me reading more novels. I got into Clive Barker from there and Neil Gaiman, and it just brought literature into my my life. And I felt like you know, a short film would be a great way, something. And it, it, it's inspired by him, so it'd be a great way to kind of. Give thanks in a way to him right. by filming that, and, and the film is is you know, Tilt Heart has a story about a a guy who um, who at the moment you know he's crazy and you know, he um, he kills this guy that he's wa- the old man that he's watching and here's the heart. So we change some things around. I take a little bit from the beginning, and really I try to make the story my own, just keeping the idea of Poe in it. Um, so it's more about a man and his wife, and the eye still possesses him. Um, I don't want to use too much away. Yeah, but uh, that's pretty. That's pretty much the idea. We, hopefully it's going to be around a 10-15 minute um, piece. And you know, it's uh, we got some new cameras that we're trying out, so we want to just make a really nice, sharp quality short film. And, and hopefully use it uh, again to show off some talent that we have here in Boston. And also to uh, hopefully get another project, get a project that's funded. I mean, you know, I make a. I don't hide it. That's, that's definitely one of the goals I want to. I don't want well, Hollywood bound, but I, I want I want to keep going with it. Right.
1: Well, I wish you good luck with that. It sounds interesting, so uh, I'll keep my eye out for it. Thank you. So, is there anything else that you want to add to this uh, interesting interview? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nothing that I can think of.
1: Uh, well, I want to thank you for your time. Um, again, livestock, I really enjoyed it, and I'm hoping everybody else gets a chance. And gets it and watches it, um, they're going to be surprised. And the ones that won't be surprised are the ones that don't understand filmmaking. Maybe I'm getting a little out of out, of, out of character by saying that, but it's it's the truth. That's my belief, anyways well, I, appreciate
0: yep. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I would like to thank you for taking the time uh, to do this interview and uh, the review and all the support. Very, we really appreciate it. No
1: problem. It. Me and James are here to support you, brother. <laughs> <Love you> I <again. laughs> James will love that one. He, he mentioned his name a couple times. Hey James. Hey James.
0: <laughs> Alright brother. I love Mr. Follow. Oh, you, you gotta support him oh, too. Yeah.
1: James, <laughs> you're rock brother. Alright, there we go. Well anyways, thanks again for your time and uh, you take care of yourself. Thank you. Have Thank a you. good one. See ya. You know why I wanted you to meet me here today? No, I I don't. I have a second date tonight. Really? Where is he going? I actually don't know yet. He's supposed to email me tonight. Um, I guess it's supposed to be a surprise. Aw, that sounds exciting. I hope you have fun. Maybe I should give online dating terms. to see if you and the chapter are all set or if you need anything.
0: Yeah. Two. One guy and one girl.